Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly gaming podcast by gamers and for gamers. Retro games, news, reviews, and generally bad opinions brought to you by your hosts, Caden, Austin, and Kat. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. This is episode 115. I am your host, Caden, and with me this week, as always, is Austin. Austin, how are you doing? (sighs) You know, had to get out of town for a bit, up in the hills, you know, just kind of like a just a sanctuary up here of jacuzzis and banana foster. <laughs> so I'm doing pretty great. <laughs> uh, so you take a, it's taking a bit of a vacation. Oh God. Yes. Even though it's like only a, an hour or two away from my house, it's like going to get out of town, going to have like some fun with the wife. Oh, and I even got somebody to babysit the dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh well that sounds nice so what, uh, you, what have you been playing this week uh honestly i i went back to ghost of tsushima that's like my addiction now and yeah i also surprisingly went back and restarted uh ori and the will of the wisps i was just like you know oh. what I, I feel like playing a platform game i feel like just kind of problem solving again and it was it's like a blast why uh that game is not good <laughs> <laughs> uh well what about you man what have you been playing uh so i've done i played a little bit of ghost of tsushima not a, yeah. not a whole lot i uh, still haven't beaten the game yet uh and i've also been doing a bit of league of legends uh again again several of my friends like to play and i it can be addicting at times so oh what's your favorite setup uh what do you mean setup? like you know, my favorite character to play i guess uh yeah, like well, your favorite character or your favorite play. Like, do you uh go down the center? Does any of your buddies go like, oh, okay. up or down? Like a like a like so, a strategy, right? Yeah. So so I usually play. I usually play top lane. So that's the you know based on the mini map. It's the you know the lane that runs along the top of the main map. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean my the character I play will vary depending on you know who gets banned or you know if I know what the enemy top laner is going to pick. Uh, but I have a handful that I've been shifting around. A champ named Darius, uh, Malphite, and Teemo. I've been the three I've been kind of playing here lately. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But before we continue, I do want to make uh, one one announcement that uh, sadly, uh, our co-host Kat will no longer be uh, a consistent member of the show. Um, she's moving on to do other things. Um, I think I speak for both of us when, you know, we say that we appreciate the amount of work and dedication that she has put towards this podcast. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm very sad to see her go, uh, but I hope that her podcast that she runs over there, um, does really well. And I really enjoyed the time that, you know, we all got to spend reviewing games together. Oh yeah. It was a blast. Like I'm gonna miss her like a lot when we have our 
back and forths, our fun didgeridoos. Yeah. So thank you, Kat, for uh, all that you've done for the podcast. And I wish you luck on STD. And speaking of STD, nah. uh, uh, this upcoming episode, they're reviewing Russell Maurice Johnson, who is a Canadian serial killer who goes by the name of the Bedroom Strangler. Uh, he's a dude from the 70s. Uh, he murdered and uh, sexually assaulted a handful of women. And you should go check out their episode because their podcast is great. Um, over at Smoking and Drinking in Space, they're reviewing Star Trek Seven Generations, which is the seventh movie in the Star Trek franchise. And I've been told that while it's not the worst out there, it's definitely not the best. Kind of um, like the middle I'm not... child in any family. Uh, that hit that hit a little close to home well i mean as a single child i wouldn't know anything about that (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so go give them a listen uh those three are they're great and they're hilarious uh to listen to especially on long car drives um and a new show that just recently came on uh catapophobia uh, will be their next upcoming episode. We'll be going over how to not get burnt out uh, doing the same workout routine over and over. Uh, go give them a listen. Uh, I still need a, you know, myself, I still need to go give them a listen. Uh, in fact, I'll probably go ahead and do that this week. See, I thought it was a fear of cats. And I'm like, good for you guys. You're, you're forming a podcast. You're helping all those with feline fears. You do it, boys. You got this. <laughs> However, uh, I had been proven wrong before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, speaking of goodness, why don't you uh, talk about the goodness that Steam's cracking down on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a segue. segue. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Steam has been taking steps to stop people from getting games cheaper uh, by using VPN services. So, Steam has what's known as regional pricing. So, uh, in some areas of the world, uh, the price may be cheaper and more expensive uh, when compared to others. Um, and one thing that a VPN service, uh, or some of them at least, will allow you to do is to spoof your location. Um, and people have been using this to get to take advantage of the regional pricing by, uh, you know, make them appear in a country that you know, has the game cheaper than, say, if they were in the U.S. Um, you know than they could get here in the U.S. Wait, are you saying uh, that game, video games are cheaper in the U.S.? No, I'm saying that if I was in the U.S. and I wanted to get a game that I knew was cheaper in, say, Australia, um, you know, I'll go ahead and use a VPN service like this to trick Steam's client into assuming I'm from Australia and then go ahead and just get the game for cheap there. Oh, so so then why is it cheaper in other countries? Is that like just the currency rate compared to American? What, what What's up with that? Uh, I don't know exactly how Steam does the regional pricing. Uh, I'm guessing it's it's based off, you know, if one country is uh, you know, has a higher GDP or, uh, you, know, you know, the U.S. is going to have higher pricing than, say, Malaysia. Um, oh, so it's based off of the cost of living and the economic situation in specific regions. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, again, <laughs> I I don't know for sure what you know how Steam does their their regional pricing, uh, but they've they're recently taking steps to uh, counteract this. Now they require that if you know your IP address says that you're in the U.S., you have to then make the purchase of the U.S. credit card. 
if you know your IP says you're from the US, but you try using uh, a Japanese credit card, um, then it will not go through. Uh, Steam's client will stop you from doing that. And you know, this is this made some people happy. I'm sure it's made the you know shareholders at Steam happy. Uh, some people though have you know some VPN users say that they're not really trying to take advantage of the regional pricing system. Uh, they're using that mainly because you know maybe because there's no actual pricing in their country. So you know they want a game there, but just Steam doesn't you know sell in their country what? or uh, allow them to make purchases in their country. Uh, sometimes their country makes a game super expensive for reasons that maybe they don't see as a valid reason, uh, and so on and so forth. So I'm I'm all for it just because you know people are are gonna try and take advantage of it, and I don't think that this is a super terrible thing for Steam to do. But you know what do I know? Well, I mean, I I can see it like as good and bad. The good being is that, hey, you know, someone from the U.S. and converting the currency and being like, geez, you know, like New Zealand and Australia have a cheaper currency. Why don't I just buy from those guys and get a cheaper deal? But at the same time, it could be like, it could be really bad because I don't know what countries don't don't have like registering with Steam, but I imagine that's got to be super difficult. Like, eh, just... You know, like an odd feeling, maybe a sixth sense, sue me. It doesn't sound like it's going to end very well for the other people trying to get those video games. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I mean, speaking of video games, uh, uh, Austin, I think you have something about a really good deal in uh, a game store that I, uh, I personally <laughs> detest. But go ahead, go ahead, take it from here. Uh, so for those of you who are big Big fans of Total Wars. The new saga, uh, Total War Saga Troy, is going to be free to download and keep when it launches <laughs> off Epic Game Store exclusive on August the 13th. Now, for those of you, you know, who may have not been in touch with reality or humanity, I think a lot of uh, Epic and Riot games are just doing that. You know, and it's huge. It's popular. But I'm afraid that it's going to cause another crash. And it's, I mean, this is a really good game. I mean, this is going to be the farthest back game that they have built back to like the Bronze Age, you know, like where uh, the battle between Troy and Mycenaean Greece, or, you know, those of you who just layman's terms, the Trojan War. But man, I'm just, I'm super stoked. I hope I can get it in that 24 hour period and not have it crash again. Like, I don't know. I, I'm really hoping that I can get something in because I don't know how much this is, but getting it free on the first day, I think I'd take that deal. What do, what do you think, Caden? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely going to try and you know take up the deal. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Total War games. I got, I want to say the game that got me into the franchise was Total War Shogun 2. Nice. Uh, so I'm I'm super excited for it. Uh, I I personally, you know, for one, don't like the fact that it's an epic exclusive, yeah. um, and just you know, how how this seems to be becoming a trend, and I don't agree with it because you're so cranky, Caden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just competition's good. I'm okay with you know another store popping up. You know, if you want want to add more competition, that's fine. This competition only has only benefited you know 
a variety of industries. But the, it's starting a trend of let's go ahead and make these handful of games or this handful of games exclusive to our store. So if you're a huge you know, fan of this franchise, you know, you have to come to us now. You know, those other guys, you gotta either wait for them or you know, sometimes they don't even get it. You gotta come to us. And especially with the uh, alleged Alad um, fiasco with their, their data mining, uh, when their store originally came out that they claimed was just code that they forgot to get rid of. I, yeah. The, the only reason I am doing this is because it's a deal I can't pass up. I mean, it's yeah. a free game. I understand your contemplations, Caden. And for those of you who follow in Caden's contemplation but decide not to go with Epic Games, you'll have to wait for Steam in August of 2021. It's a bit of a bummer. I'm not going to lie. I love my Steam. But if it's like, you know, it's like fishing, right? You wiggle a worm in front of you. You're like, hey, a free dinner. You got me hooked. (laughs) Well, I mean, Uh, they did the same thing with Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3 is one of the most anticipated titles. You know, a lot of us have been waiting for, what, six, seven years? If I remember correctly. Yeah. Like for for that title. Yeah. (laughs) And then they made it an epic exclusive unless you had a console. Uh, I knew a couple people who went and actually bought a brand new like PS4 because they were, they, you know, they were a PC gamer, but they really wanted to play Borderlands 3 and they refused to support Epic. Well, uh, silent protests. Yeah, boy, boycott. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's called boycotting. I think it's just, you know, it's such a... It's a funny way to protest it because then it's like, well, everyone else gets to play the game before you and then you're the chump being left out i hate being left out that's just one of my things if a video game's out and i'm like oh my god i have to have it or i'll die it's so awesome i'll die without it <laughs> yeah i know yeah i no. think we're ready to get back into it though and talk about this week's review take it away Caden. yeah so this week we are going over death stranding the particularly the pc port uh, which recently, which recently released, I believe, July sixteenth. Uh, the original release was November eighth, two thousand nineteen. It was developed by Kojima Productions. Uh, its publishers being Sony Interactive Entertainment and Five Hundred Five Games, uh, which Five Hundred Five Games uh, published the PC edition uh, exclusively. Uh, the platform it's on, it's obviously on the PS four. Um, and then it recently got a port on Windows. I believe it's only available through Steam and Epic at the moment. Um, I, I could be a bit wrong there. Uh, and it's a, it's a it's basically a walking sim with some action thrown in there. Uh, I mean, basic synopsis is you play as a man named Sam Bridges, who is a porter tasked with delivering supply cargo to various cities in America. Uh, your goal is to help make connections and essentially reconstruct America uh, as well as save your sister from the demons, which is a terrorist organization um, whose goal is to steal your cargo and to you know stop your plans at reconnecting America. Those monsters. I just want to have my ointment delivered. Is my acne that much to worth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but other than that, though, I mean, this game comes with a very top-notch director. I mean, you know, Mr. Hideo Kojima, 
I can't believe this. I found this out that he was actually uh, uh, won two Guinness World Records. Two Guinness World Records for one being the most followed video game director on Twitter and Instagram. Like, that's not an easy feat to win a world record. I think you get like a parade, free beer. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a passport to Ireland. I have no idea, but it's it's a pretty big deal to get a world record, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's such a weird world record, though. A record for a following on social media. That's so weird. Hey, man, because there's, there's some weirder stuff. There's people with fingernails that go all, all like six feet out. Like, if, yeah, if, I want to say you haven't done it, you Ripley's, can get a world record. <laughs> yeah, I want to say Ripley's, uh, believe it or not, also kind of covered that way long time ago. Um, it's just one of those things where you come in and you're just like, hey, so I can spend like 20 dinner plates on like one stick. You want to see it? Heck yeah. We'll videotape right. and make some money. Right. But yeah, no, I mean, it. <laughs> so again, it's a walking sim. Um a lot of your time is going to be spending or is going to be spent going back and forth between settlements, uh, collecting various amounts of cargo, throwing on your back and continuing on walking. Um, so if you're, if you're not a fan of UPS simulator 2019 slash 2020, depending <laughs> on when you picked up the game, um, like me, this game may not be for you. Oh no. Like it, don't get me wrong. It's a freaky, it's a very freaky game. Like, you know, as a UPS simulator, but it also has like Guillermo del Toro, the guy uh, from Walking Dead. I always forget his name, but yeah, Norman Reedus. Norman, and Reedus. I didn't know he was from The Walking Dead. I know him what? from uh, Boondock Saints. Oh, oh, what was this? Oh, oh, the little name? brother, right? Oh, uh, uh, Murphy, Saints. Murphy something. Yeah, such a great movie. Such a great yeah. movie. But it's, but I mean, I get it. I didn't know he was part of The Walking Dead too until I look back and it's like, oh, it's this guy. And they've been, uh, you know, just doing a lot of freaky, weird stuff. It's like watching Lost. If you don't pay attention, you will easily <laughs> just get lost in the in the weird plots in this story. I mean, uh, not only are you like a UPS guy, but apparently there's a second like explosion. I mean, don't get me wrong. This reminds me of like the mummy movie franchise. You give some laughs, you have some cries and jump scares that make you just kind of go, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of expected that like loud. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So the explosions that you're talking about uh, are what's known as void outs in the game. So when a, in this world, when a person dies, um, they essentially deteriorate. Uh, and which the character is called going uh, going necro, um, and there are different uh, levels of of uh, necro, and basically once you once you finish deteriorating, once you uh, get to the final level, you explode in essentially a nuclear size explosion. Uh, you leave a hefty crater and you destroy damn near everything around. Um, the main character. I mean, that that's kind of one of the bigger deals. <laughs> that you don't right. die from the well, yeah. Well, right. Well, because your character is uh, what's known as a, a reparite, which is someone who is basically able to come back from the dead. So there's uh, this essentially purgatory sort of world. So he's uh, like a called mortal. the stream. Yeah, called the stream. 
And so what reparites are able to do is they're able to come back from, from the stream uh, and essentially reincarnate themselves uh, in their bodies. Yeah, that was a freaky experience when like it, it kills you for the first time in the video game. It's like, hey, get back to your body, but in the most cinematic and freaky way available. <laughs> yeah, well, and so I, I didn't think they were going like the, with the reincarnation route. I thought they were going to start trying to throw some time travel into this. I was about to be like, oh, no. First of all, Rob from Sadness is going to love this game. Uh, and second, uh, time travel. Time travel is really, really weird and really, really hard to pull off. It's not as weird as the stuff in this game, though. I mean, like, uh, the main, like, bad thing are, are beached things or what they anagram as VTs. And they're, like, invisible ghost people who want to kill you and eat you. And that's actually one of the ways that you cause a void out. It's either uh, dead person necros or uh, you get eaten by one of the BTs. And if you get eaten, then it causes a void out. And then the area that you're in just basically disappears. It's like the trippiest thing to die that way. I'm just like, ah, I never want to do that again. Right. Well, and uh, there is a way to keep a void out from happening. So if, you, if, a, if a person dies, uh, if you incinerate the body, it seems to keep the person from going necro and from you know, detonating into a you know, nuclear blast. Start of the bonfire. We're going to burn Carl today. Mm, risk it. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> hey, at least the, like, that would be like my thing. If I lived in the world like that, I'd be like, look, if I die, just use me for a barbecue for crying out loud. Don't let this fuel go to waste of a crappy <laughs> body. That's all I ask. Give me one good barbecue. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, luckily, these uh, beach things, I'll be invisible. Um, there are essentially two ways you could, you could detect them. So there are people who are known as dooms or who uh, have what's known as dooms uh, who are able to, I, in, in a way, detect them in various degrees. Uh, some people are able to actually see them 100%. Um, and then there are some, like the main character, who can really only sense them. So like, you know, he can feel when they're near and, uh, you know, that's when he knows to be quiet because they respond to sound. Um, so, you know, you hold your breath, you stay perfectly still, you make no sound whatsoever. See, I thought it was more like an allergic reaction. Like at the very beginning of the game, right, you hide it uh, in a cave and it shows you your power or, you know, sensory. But it looks like the guy just gets a rash. Like, <laughs> like I don't know yeah, if that's just me. Yeah, it's I just, guess it kind of did. Like an allergic reaction. Like, I've seen people yeah, with poison think, ivy, right? It just crawls up the arm, just like right. in the video game. Yeah, just and start he's breaking like, out. Yeah, and then, he, you know, the tear thing, right? It's like an allergic yeah. reaction. He's allergic to these things. That's just a fancy way to call them dooms, I think. That's just weird. <laughs> oh. Right. But th there's, also, uh, there's also a second method uh, that's known as a BB, uh, oh, which is literally just uh, essentially an incubated baby that you, you run around in this, you know, artificial womb um, that you use to, you know, detect whenever a beach thing is, is near you. And yeah, the, the BB and host relationship is this weird, just like, I guess a 
so, would be considered parasitic or symbiotic relationship. So it's symbiotic, but um, from what I understand from the game storyline is that BBs, uh, basically they are able to, to touch the other side. And that's what allows people to hook them up to these sensors that are, that are like shoulder mounted, right? Like this weird little robot thing. And it just connect, and the BB's like, hey, <laughs> look, there's a dead guy right here because I can touch the other right. side and see. And it's, it's a freaky. And when it explains it, it's much more freakier, especially with Guillermo del Toro talking to you like, hey, <laughs> this is completely normal in this world. And you're like, no, it's not. It's a baby in a mason jar. <laughs> like, is he filled it's with alcohol? It's a baby in is a he... mason jar. Oh, I, I'm just saying. It freaked me out. And don't get me wrong, the baby... It's not like disturbing as in like, oh my God, I could puke. But it's disturbing like, oh, he likes you. He has a weird bond symbiotic with you. Like your your, your new dog is like, no, it's a baby in a jar. And it smiles and it just, oh, it, it really freaks me out. I'm not going to lie. Well, they, it kind of gave but, me nightmares. <laughs> yeah. And even in the game, they, uh, they mention, you know, hey, don't go attached because these aren't actual, you know, you know they don't have attachment. They don't have feelings, and yeah, they're just it's, tools to use. Like a shovel yeah, they're, yeah, they're just dirt. tools. Yeah, they they disassociate <laughs> the, the 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 baby, and I'm, I'm assuming it means to kind of not think about the fact that you're using a child as a literal tool. But is it really a child, or is it like preborn? Because they all they also say like the babies come from something called a stillborn mother, which I. St- Still don't understand. Or a still mother. Yeah. Still mother. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, I, I believe that the description they used was it was a mother who went brain dead. And they're essentially just basically using them as, as baby makers, as, oh. as, as crude as that is. Horrible. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, now it's, it's messed back, up. It, now it's like really messed up with like all the, the stuff now that's oh yeah no this up. game is dark oh it's, <laughs> like, it has its spoiler moments. alert this game it, is dark <laughs> it really does have its moments though like an NBC or not an NBC drama but like a ABC drama like Lost you know you have a couple laughs chuckle here and there you have some really freaky stuff it and it's have it's you, so long for me I'm not gonna watching? lie the cinematic scenes are forever yes and then oh. that's that. Yeah, it feels like you're watching a movie. Um, now, granted, I mean, Hideo Kojima is known for having these gorgeous cinematics. Uh, if you're familiar at all with any of the recent Metal Gear, Metal, Metal Gear uh, installations, uh, you'll know that you know, they, they look absolutely gorgeous. But and I, I think maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't like this game was it felt less like I was playing a game and more like I was watching a movie with some pseudo gameplay in it. Because, I mean, th- this game feels like just a long, drawn-out escort quest. Or, you know, honestly, it, it kind of makes me feel like that one movie, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's like, Labyrinth. Yes! Doesn't it totally remind you of Pan's Labyrinth? The freakiness, the long, kind of drawn-out weirdness type of situation it it that's what it just reminds me of now that i think about it but thinking about it as well i mean i i guess <laughs> yeah i guess you have to just, it's my perception of it it just it just reminds me of those freaky movies where you can't look away like a train wreck right you're just like it's horrible but how can i not look away from this yeah 
But, yeah, the, the the overarching uh you know kind of quest that you're given is you're you work for a company called Bridges that's this almost like union of American civilizations or you know old uh, apocalyptic American civilizations that their their goal is a, a reconstruction movement to you know basically bring America back from the brink of extinction. Uh, the way they, they they plan on doing this is using what's known as the chiral nectar or network, uh, which is this super advanced, you know, I guess internet-like network uh, that they use to link everyone up, uh, transmit data to and from, uh, and also collect past data that you can then use to learn more info about uh, your gear, learn more info about the BBs, because there's still several things they don't know about these, you know, about these. Um, and also to, you know, make more weapons and whatnot. Which, yeah. Hey, Austin, you want to touch on the combat a bit? Uh, I mean, I didn't have to do any combat, really, when I was playing. Because, you know, it's it just wasn't really necessarily needed. Granted, you know, they have, like, this weapon that's really useful. Spoiler alert, it's, it's basically a, a bloody grenade. That's right, a bloody grenade. That means that it takes your blood, your sample of blood, and you you turn it into a grenade that you chuck at at BTs when you're in a hot zone, right? And it basically kills them. And it's freaky, but for some reason, you as a repatriate and uh, just overall, hey, you know, you can come back from the dead. You can also kill, like, these invisible ghost guys. Not, no deal. It's, it's pretty standard scientific procedure, and you're like, oh my god, blood grenades. How grody. Right. And then... Well, but... It, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, it also breaks down the weapons design into, like, you know, two different categories. Lethal and non-lethal. Both for, uh, you know, human beings trying to steal your cargo to the BTs. You can even reject them negatively, right? It's... it's it doesn't really feel necessary. You're still trekking... Like all over the place. All you need is a ladder or a climbing rope to get places where you can avoid, uh, so that you know you can you can dodge the bad crap basically. And they even have like multiplayers that help set up like the ladders from across video games for that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and yeah, I also never really felt you know the need to participate in combat and. Yeah, I I guess that's one of my big issues with trying to actually play this game. Because this game is long. There's plenty of content. And I do actually kind of like the story. But it's just there's nothing to keep me engaged, you know, long enough to, you know, continue going through the game. Yeah, it's the patient aspect of it. That's what I was telling you earlier. Like, if you... If you're someone who likes different stuff, if you're someone who needs a little bit of different, if you're tired of playing the same first-person shooter or RPG or MMO, whatever, this is definitely a game to, like, break your streak a bit. It's it's long, but if you can last the cinematic scenes, it's rewarding. Well, and I'm, I'm fine with a long game that takes a while to complete. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima is a long game that takes a while to beat. But it's just the fact that it, it feels like when you're going on a really long road trip, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of driving. There's a lot of sitting there, letting your mind wander. You know, maybe having something you know playing in the background, and maybe 
know, hitting a few landmarks. So like, oh, cool. You know, that's that's really nice stuff to kind of break that. Uh, that, you know, just kind of boring nothingness that you get when you're staring at a highway for, you know, eight to ten hours. Yeah. So I, and I have to agree with you. It it says that it's an action video game, but really it's it's more of a simulation. Like I when I hear of action, I think of like God of War, Doom. Yeah, just something a little <laughs> bit more fast paced. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, you know, but this game, I don't know how it fits, especially since, you know, Hideo Kojima, he really built the category of stealth games, right? Like Metal Gear Solid, good example. And then applying it to this, like his only new video game away from Konami. It's, it's different. I know it's his first game. I'm trying to give him some credit to be like, dude, you did it on your own. Well, along with your production team, but whatever, you, you struck out. Right. It's, it's just too long for me. Well, I mean, and I, I think that is one thing is that I I feel like they tried to publish this on, you know, Hedy Kojima's name alone. Which granted, he's you know, he's a fantastic oh, no, he's amazing. Fantastic game creator. Yeah. He's he's great. Um, and I think it's a good thing he left Konami because he was not getting treated as well as he, you know, should have been there. Yeah, he was he but, just wasn't happy. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't think that a walking sim as, you know, as good of a storyteller and as good of a world builder and, you know, cinematic creator that he is, uh, I don't think that a walking sim is a game that a lot of people were wanting, nor I think he should have made his first game. You know, I bet you it was a bet. I bet you that's like probably one of the main reasons he left, right? (laughs) I mean, this is just a theory, but maybe someone said, you know what? A walking simulator would be the most boring game on the planet. And, you know, Hideo would be like, oh, that'd be a good idea. I'll blow their friggin' minds. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, goodness. that's probably not right. It's probably more wrong than anything in this world. But it's kind of it's kind of just weird just to think about just like a walking simulator, right? As like your next like top-notch type of video game. I just feel like it was a bet all along. <laughs> right but I mean uh, in terms of like you know we've been talking about how the cinematics of this game look glorious I, I mean it's because the cutscenes are really well done and just the actual in-game graphics are really nice oh god um, they're so amazing the 4k on the PC yeah if you have a rig go sorry go ahead no I was about to say the same thing like if you yeah. have a rig that can that can do 4k highly recommended yeah, um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed how this game looked. I, I think that that is the one thing that if I, if someone strapped me to a chair and forced me to play this game, that'd be one of the saving graces of this game was the fact that at least I'm looking at something that looks good. So at least I got that whole on to. Um, and I mean, the, 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 the difference between the cinema, the actual just uh, scripted cinematics and the uh, just you running around in game, I mean, it's sometimes hard to kind of tell the difference. Uh, if the if, even if there is, sorry, if there even is a difference, because it's yeah, the, the the graphics just are. I I was actually kind of amazed. It's it's freaky to a to a to a weird point though. I'll have to admit, especially with the when you die right and you you go back to your body following the strand. 
you go down your throat and you see the BB like in your throat. Oh yeah, I forgot oh, about god. that. Oh god, it's it's <laughs> like the 4K is beautiful, but at the same time, yeah. you're just like, what the bloody like. Oh god, it's yeah, so I freaky. Remember, I remember going, yeah, I remember going, what the four? I was like, okay, this is where. Okay, now I'm going to has. What's the what? What are these? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. It was it was definitely weird to say the least. Oh God, um, it was weird. I mean, it looked beautiful, but in a freakish way, kind of like watching an alien movie. It's amazing the way they got things to look super real and super clear and colorful. Well, maybe not colorful, but like the right color palettes for stuff. Uh, but it's still the freakiest game. I just can't get over how like you know the baby detects dead things. And you know the facial expressions. <laughs> it's like oh, or the this fact is completely that, neutral. <laughs> yeah, or the fact that slight spoiler alert, but this is like two hours in. Um, you're at one point given a quest to incinerate one of the BBs. Like it, it's just you know your your character kind of protests, and he's like, you know, hey, this thing's still alive. They're like, oh yeah, we know, but you know, it's past its expiration date. It's time to throw it out. Like bad milk, right? Like, oh, right. this baby's a little bit bad. It's been in that mason jar too long, boy. Just burn it. Yeah. Be done and burn. Yeah, because they mentioned, <laughs> yeah, they mentioned that they have yet to have a BB last an entire year. Um, And so when, you know, when they're basically past their expiration, they just incinerate them and grab a new one. Oh, yeah. Just... It's weird. That's all I have to say. They replace these things like tires on your car. Like, ah, oh, looks like this thing's running its expiration, running a little low on the mason jar fluid. You might want to turn her in. <laughs> <laughs> the mason jar fluid. Oh, dude. I'm just saying. It's just, it still freaks me out to this day. I still have like these weird little nightmares where I, I think a baby's stuck in my throat. So it's going to be like, oh, I got your chicken filet. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I really like the like the music and the sound effects of this game. Oh, yes. Such um, a great deal to have like record. Like it's just recorded like music in the background. Basically, it's, you know, listening to your headset during the apocalypse. Yeah. Um. And that you know that all the sound effects are really well are really nice. The water sound effects are really really good, but I feel like the voice acting is kind of lackluster in some scenes, um, especially considering your character and how he expresses or expresses his emotions. Sometimes, like uh, there's one scene where he's he's talking with the character and he's angry and he's like basically yelling at this guy and. His his facial expressions and the actions that you know his body language, they don't really correspond with, uh, how his voice like the the, the voice and the 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 seed don't really match up. Yeah, I mean that could be lack of of directive approach. I mean that's that's I could totally see where you're coming from. I've seen a couple of scenes of that like that myself, and it could just be like. Just one of those things where they didn't quite sync up, but it's still they still pull it off in in a in a weird way, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, there's not really a multiplayer, uh, but there is a a tool that player can use 
to uh, essentially leave behind uh, messages and and whatnot, and you can like it uh, almost almost like Facebook. Which speaking of which, uh, the the company you work for, Bridges, kind of reminded me of Facebook in the sense that they want everyone connected, uh, <laughs> and they want to you know have all the data going in and out of their stuff, and uh, liter- literally the. Uh, the the way your character gets into this company is he wakes up shackled to a bed. It turns out no 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 the shackles are there's you know you're not a prisoner or anything. The shackles stimulate our bond together. See if you if you take the other cuff we can put it on your wrist. It's it's this cool little wrist you know this Apple Watch, and your character's just like uh still handcuffs but okay this is weird. Yeah, it's kind of like Terminator meets uh Mark Zuckerberg. Right, and it's like join us, join us, right? <laughs> oh, oh, but it's still kind of cute, right? Like you know, if if you're anywhere in the game, sometimes players will actually leave tools that you can access from other game points. So, for example, uh, there's a p- certain point in the game where you have to cross mountains and rivers, uh, but if other people's in their games, they leave that stuff. Uh, technically, it can actually be used across other people's video games. So they leave it behind for you. So it can be like, hey, a little bit easier walking across this river, right? And make sure you just give me a lot of likes when you use it. And it does remind me of Facebook. It's, it's just weird. It's freaky. You leave like a lot of different emojis, but even uh, like signs, kind of like where time follows that, where it's that freaky rain that ages you if you're out yeah. too long and da- damages your cargo uh it can they can leave away signs and be like hey this particular area you may want to watch out it's it's got time fall in it and you'll age like crazy right and speaking of time fall it's terrifying watching watching that happen because oh, it God. doesn't take a whole lot of rain like the first instance you kind of see it uh is like your the main character gets a, a single drop on his hand and that hand gets all wrinkly. And, you know, later the scene, you watch as the rain is hitting the ground. And there's little seeds of grass that, as soon as the water hits, will sprout. And then, in, you know, in one fluid motion, they sprout and die. And that happens over and over. And later on, uh, in that, you know, in that particular part, uh, you watch a man basically get rained on. And you watch him just, this guy looks to be about, oh, in like, what, his 30s? And you watch him age to the point of death like that. I mean, oh, it God. took about three seconds. It looked like someone was pouring acid on his face. That's what it looked like. That's yeah. how he acted. He was like, ah, it burns. Oh, no. And you're like, it's, it's like a horrifying thing to watch. Even like in TV, movies, or video games. It's not fun to watch other people suffer. And he gets a full dosage of this rain. And you're like, oh, you know, it's just rain. Whatever. It, it, there's even like a scene at the very beginning where it kills like crows in flight, right? Like, oh, let's get away from the rain. Oh no, I'm just gonna turn white and fall out of the sky. And you're just like, geez, that's just, oh my god, that's horrid. Watching like white birds just pecking at me from behind, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Timefall. It's it's just another thing that adds to the game of complexity and plot. You're like dead things, rain that ages you, like babies in mason jars. It 
it, you get lost real quick at the beginning yeah. of this game. On the on the subject of complex things, um, I feel like the running around is, at least in my opinion, needlessly complex. Like the, the balancing act you have to do as you run around. Now, okay, I understand. It's a walking sim. There's already not that much gameplay besides walking and combat. But I, I don't think that adding balancing controls for either when I accidentally stumble on a rock or when I have, you know, six boxes on my back and so now I'm all wobbly. I don't feel like that adds gameplay. I get it's a walking sim. Maybe I'm just not a fan of simulators, but I, I don't think that need to be in there. Yeah, I can see my your point. I mean, simulators aren't anybody's cup of tea. Like, it's just what it is, right? Uh, like, a good example. I know a lot of people wouldn't play uh, Jurassic Park Evolution, which basically, it's it's just a, like, Sims way of building your own dino park, right? It tells you that, you know, dinosaurs need food. Some dinosaurs need different requirements like you know a t-rex is gonna need like a bigger space than like a smaller like velociraptor or you know they need grass versus open plains but it's the same it's it's trying to get into the the vibe of it right it's the same thing with this game you're walking you're you're gonna try to maximize the amount of cargo that you carry like for instance uh if you go into the settings before you you leave with your cargo um, you can basically rearrange or optimize your your weight settings. So you can carry like up to, I think, 200 kilograms at once, but you can sparse it throughout the rest of your body because it's like a suit. You can put cargo on your arms, your shoulders, your stomach, anywhere that even like on your knees and legs and then still have room on the on your back to carry like bigger, heavier loads. It just it simulates that that perfection of hey you know this is what it would be like if you actually had to like cross trek somewhere. It's the whole point of a simulator. It try it's like an airplane simulator too. You know you try to simulate to the exact detail of whatever you're doing, whether it's walking, raising dinosaurs, or flying like you know a jet engine, right? And not that many people are into simulations. I'm into it. Because I can just be like, okay, let's figure out the rules. Let's see how I can make this more fun. Uh, but I can see where anybody else would be like, God, that's boring. Like, why do I need to max it out? And I could just put it all on my back, right? I mean, I don't mind simulators. I don't mind having a weight system that has you disperse the weight. But it's mm -hmm. like having me every three seconds press the left or right mouse button <laughs> to stabilize myself. <laughs> to slow me down in a simulator that's already had me trek three miles across the country to, uh, you know, to get to a destination. Because, I mean, you, you I mean, you're, the game basically has you playing as an errand boy. And so I'm, I'm already, I'm already the courier from the Mojave Express, you know, just recently, you know, uh, on, you know, taken out of a grave by a cowboy robot now i'm having to deal with this aging rain and people trying to shoot at me and dead bodies exploding and oh now i have to carefully balance myself in case i run too fast like i don't know 
Maybe There's I'm just bad at walking sims. Who knows? I don't know. Like, I get your point. I mean, a lot of it seems like mundane. And it it really is long. That's just what it really is. It takes forever. You can scan, you know, for terrain. That's how boring it can get. If you're like one of those Fortnite players who's like, action, fast pace, plot twist. Yeah, next, next, next. It's not that type of game. You will wait forever traversing America. And it's it's kind of like a long journey, but big rewards and cinematic scenes and goodies. Like, especially when what you're he's... going to cities, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the knots that you find along the way. Which, yeah, by the way, this entire... The, the, the company you work for basically has their entire brand centered around rope. <laughs> uh, and you've got cities that are called knots in the rope that you have to deliver supply, supplies to and connect them to the network. And um, your your character's original name was Strand. Uh, but yeah, I believe his last name uh, was originally Strand before it was changed to Bridges. And yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> this game is just ridiculous. Oh, I know, especially like, you know, when you find out who your main character's mother is, you know, how that relationship spans out throughout the corporation of Bridges. And you're just like, wow, this is like, like, wow, pretty messed up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So basically, if you enjoy actual gameplay or getting to play your game, um, this may not be for you. If you're a humongous fan of Hideo Kojima and you want to give it a shot, go for it. If you enjoy watching a movie, uh, like, like you, if you've ever done those, uh, you know, pseudo gameplay movies where like they're choose your own adventure sort of deal, if you're a fan of those, check this out. You'll love it. Um, I personally was not the biggest fan. Yeah, I know you weren't. It's okay. Well, I think Hideo Kojima <laughs> will forgive you for this one of Trendreshkin. You know, as long as you as long as you love his next game, right? Right. <laughs> Metal Gear Metal, Metal Gear Solid 6. Yeah, yeah. Or wait, does he own the rights to that? Or is I, I, oh, that may, that may be kind of hobby. Yeah, that'd be kind of like know. something. Like if anybody finds out, I would love to know. You can message us through our Discord and give me the, the bits. I just need to know if like he if he's allowed to do it that'd be really cool if they're if konami was just like hey bro we'll let you come back for this game but nothing else it's like cool cool we still cool oh my goodness i know i'm ridiculous are, i'm on vacation it's just one of those uh, things are we ready for final thoughts i think so should i go first go ahead ah oh, just get it out of the way just get it out of the way <laughs> Um, basically the story's freaky. I'm not going to lie. It drew, it draws my attention. It's different. It's fresh. It's got babies in a mason jar that freaks the living daylights out of me and gives me nightmares in my sleep. But you know, the cinematic scenes at the very beginning, they take so long. You're basically like what you are watching a movie or a film and you're just watching it out. It takes probably five to ten minutes. That could be wrong, but it feels forever before you actually like walk around, learn like the major basics of the game. And you know, as a simulation game, it's really top notch. It 
it simulates, you know, weight balance counters, you know, it simulates the human condition. It's very draw it's a very dramatic condition in regards to that. But you know, if if you have patience for simulation games, if you are willing to kind of be like, okay, I'm gonna beat this game. I don't know how long it's gonna take, but I'm just gonna try to enjoy the little rewards that it gives. It can it can be great or if you're someone like probably me, it, it could be a real snore real bloody quick. But I am going to give some credit. It is Hideo Kojima's first work outside of Konami that he was able to like kind of produce and develop. So I am willing to give it a, a six out of 10 for you, Hideo. You know, and if you, if you need some help with the next game, maybe a little bit more advanced. How about a bicycle simulator? Yeah, bicycles. Bicycle simulator. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know. Well, how about you? How do you feel about this game? Um, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the story. I thought the story was really well written. I really liked the world that he made. But I hate UPS Simulator. I don't <laughs> want to play as an escort boy. I hate escort quests. I've always hated them. I remember as a kid playing Assassin's Creed. I want to say uh, Assassin's Creed 2 was when they really had escort quests and getting so irritated with it because no one wants to do it. It's generally known that escort quests or delivery quests or basically you know, just playing as a courier sucks. No one likes it. Um, I know Hideo Kojima is known for groundbreaking titles. Um, again, the Metal, Gear, the Metal Gear Solid franchise is evidence enough of that, but I don't think this is one of them. And like I said many times earlier, it doesn't feel like I'm playing a game. It feels like I'm watching a movie with some gameplay elements in between that I would barely consider gameplay elements with the exception of the combat which I will admit is not is, is not bad uh, but again like Austin was saying you can completely avoid the combat so it's just an, another unneeded chore in this game um, and I mean the sound the sound was good with the exception of some of the voice acting you know kind of sounding weird to me um, the game looks really good and it runs really well on PC uh, so I mean I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Not the best, not the worst. Uh, better than... Uh, oh, what's that other walking sim we just reviewed? Old Gods Rising. Better than Old Gods Rising. <laughs> which, by the way, they released a chapter 2 of it for free. Uh, that I saw gameplay footage of, and it did not look Any better. good at all. No. <laughs> they added combat, and the combat really? didn't... Yeah, the, the combat sucks. Oh, I'm going to have to look at that and give a <laughs> review, a mini review of that next week. Speaking of which, yeah. uh, next week, listeners, we're going to be reviewing this, this kind of throwback. It's called Hellbound. Uh, this game, it, it kind of looks like a weird old knockoff to Doom made in Argentina. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this because it's something that I could probably rip into, like in in terms of how much of a knockoff it really. I don't know, Kate, and I've looked at it. It's just like what? Yeah, I mean, just looking at the looking at the thumbnail of the first video on the Steam page, like I don't know if maybe maybe it's got a case for some uh, copyright infringement because this is looking a lot like. Uh, the the old Doom games. 
We'll have to see. We're yeah. going to get into that know. next week. And I hope we're not part of a lawsuit because there would be some things that come to light. I swear I did buy that Hellbound, but it was from Argentina. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but before we head off and before we do a usual outro, uh, I would like to say that uh, we are looking for a third co-host. Uh, and if you would like to try and apply for that position, you could go to creativebrandcandy.com, uh, click the apply button, fill out an application, and uh, you know, we're excited to see if, if one of y'all end up being uh, our co-host. Uh, and I'm eager to see uh, you know, some, some new blood arrive. <laughs> yeah, some new blood so, like WWE SmackDown. I'm here to take the like fresh. <laughs> yeah, so if you're, if you're interested in podcasting at all, or you've done before but want to be part of a, a growing cooperative, uh, or want to try your head in at video game podcasts, uh, come apply and come join the fray. Yeah, we don't bite like that. I'm sure Caden has the case of rabies once in a while, but we, we get them fixed. We get them taken care of. No, I finally got my shots last week. Hooray! So don't be afraid, people. We're we're kind of scary, but in a good way. Just like this video game. <laughs> oh, oh, so to finish this off, though, uh, if you would like to come out and hang out with us or leave us some feedback, you can join the Creative Brain Candy Discord server. Just go to our website at badgamersanonymous.com and click the link in the top right corner. If you'd like to get your hands on some CBC merch, including ours, you can go to creativebraincandy.com and click the link in the top right corner that says merch. The link to our specific merch page is also on our website, right next to the Discord link. So from all of us here at Bad Gamers Anonymous, me, Austin, and Caden, y'all have yourself a great week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Follow Bad Gamers Anonymous on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bad Gamers Anonymous podcast, on Instagram at Bad Gamers Anonymous, and on Twitter at, at Bad Gamers Anon. You can contact Bad Gamers Anonymous by emailing badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Bad Gamers Anonymous is hosted by Kat and Austin, edited by Arturo Garcia, and produced by Jason Mixon and James Geem. <laughs>